It's time for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ The Fan, featuring Colin McDonald and Chris Foley. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Breezy Point Resort, your holiday station store on Mill Avenue and Cross Lake, Maury's Market, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, Ernie's on Gull, The Tea Hive, Halverson Law Office, and the Legacy Courses at Creggins. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. And now here's Chris Foley and Colin McDonald for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, with Chris Foley, of course, also streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, and now available on iPad. Again, thanks to our sponsor, uh, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2018 Buicks and soon to be the 19 Buicks. Uh, Chris, uh, interesting week on tour. Lots of good things coming up. Uh, Golf Channel always gets good because they carry a lot of British Open stuff when we get within about yes. uh, 10 days, a week away. Some cool stories from there happening. And uh, it's kind of a good split on tour. Uh, the John Deere, which you're very familiar with, has had a lot of uh, winners uh, that uh, occasionally they'll win and then off to the British Open they'll go. And uh, meanwhile, the Scottish Open's going on, and uh, some of the guys go over and uh, play that just before the British Open. Yeah, it's it's a great couple-week stretch in golf. I, I seem to say that a lot. Yeah, you but, do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, John Deere this week, um, which, you know, it, it's a great tournament. The, the ton of community support for that tournament. Uh, and despite being the week before the Open Championship, generally get a pretty good field. And it's really kind of catapulted a lot of players' careers winning there. And the winner of the the Open Championship, you know, three or four times has come, has won the John Deere Classic. So it's it's a cool event. I mean, you know, uh, Zach Johnson won the week before. Uh, Jordan Spieth won the week before. Um, you know, and they've had some great first-time winners: Payne Stewart, Austin Cook, Bryson DeChambeau last year. So, it's uh, it's a neat week for uh, for the PGA Tour. Scottish Open has a uh, is, over the last five or six years has gained a lot of popularity, and uh, they've got a great field on a great great golf course, uh, Golan, which is right next to Muirfield, uh, just south of St Andrews. And uh, Ricky Fowler's playing as you know he won two years ago. Phil Mickelson's in the field, and a large large portion of the the players that are playing in the the Open Championship next week at Carnoustie. It's a easy you know Carnoustie's only an hour away from from Golan, so it's an easy trip for them. And uh, then the inaugural U.S. Women's Senior Open uh, at Chicago Golf Club, which is a fantastic venue. It's uh, uh, it's rare we get to take a look at that that golf course. It's a it's the first eighteen hole golf course in North America. Wow! And uh, designed by C B McDonald, which who was really the father of American golf course architecture and uh, had a huge influence on uh, golf course architecture during the early twentieth century. And many of the great golden age architects were were kind of proteges. Or worked under C. B. McDonald, including Donald Ross and Seth Rayner, um, and some of the other great uh, golf course architects of that era. So it's a, it'll it'll be great to see that venue on TV, and uh, be fun to see some some of the greats of uh, women's golf playing. You know, there 
it's interesting that a lot of these ladies haven't played any competitive golf, so to speak, in 10, 12 years. So it'll be it'll be fun to see that. But some great, you know, young seniors in the field, Julie Inkster and um, Michelle McGann and a uh, friend of the show, Barbara Moxis, is playing. Is, is she going to play? I was going to yeah, ask you. She was exempt, she's, and she's very excited. She uh, had a little report this morning, and she uh, – she says she's playing some of her best golf in, in many years. So. Oh, good. Yeah. I was going to say there when you said the first 18-hole course uh, in North America that uh, I wonder if our friends Jack Rutger and Brian Thuringer might go, hey, wait, hey, wait, a, <laughs> hey, wait a second. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Phil, I think you were talking back-to-back. I think Phil won the Scottish Open the year, the year he won the British Open. He did, yeah. So that was back-to-back, and some of the John Deere winners are back-to-back, so – yeah, it should be. And Carnoustie, um, we'll get to that a little more next week, but uh, all those courses are so great. And uh, this week, Kevin Na wins on tour, one of the guys with so much game but has kind of gone away on Sundays a lot of weeks. And just the opposite this week, he pretty much runs away from the field, wins by five or six, I think, and uh, just stretched out all day. Yeah, five-shot win, shoots six under on Sunday. Uh, you know, there. There have been some, you know, the last four weeks, amazingly low Sunday rounds. Yeah. Uh, very impressive. You know, uh, he beats Kelly Craft by, by five shots. Brent Snedeker, great to see him playing. He also shot six under on Sunday to finish third. So, um, and another great venue, the Greenbrier, is such a cool-looking place. I, uh, that's on my list to, to get to here soon. Usually your list gets... Uh... <laughs> Gets checked off, so I have faith in you. <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Our guest is Chuck Halverson. He is the uh, the Lakes, Woods, and Irons attorney at law, so if we ever have trouble, we know who to call. <laughs> so Chuck's up next. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the upcoming rule changes in the golf for next season. That'll be good. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. That thanks to our sponsor, Mills DM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2018 Buick. Special guest with us is uh, Chuck Alverson, attorney at law. So uh, I don't know if Chris uh, needs an attorney, but Chuck's available <laughs> for any any uh, follow-ups we have on Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Uh, Chuck, welcome. Glad to have you. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Long-time uh, passionate golfer like Chris is, passionate about the game of golf. You've One thing you've got in common is you've got uh, uh, sons that are very good players, and you've kind of passed the love of the game on to those boys. Uh, we both do, unfortunately. Well, at least one of his and one of mine, uh, they stand on the wrong side. Other than that, they're, <laughs> they're fine young men. So I, uh, I miss Sean and, and those two playing some golf together. So that was a lot of fun seeing those two uh Growing up playing together and chasing each other back and forth, so good stuff. Yeah, and and living at the golf course. Yes, yeah, those those are good times when the kids are young, and of course it's a great game to pass along. And we're going to talk rule changes in just a bit, uh, trying to maybe make the game a little better and pass those rules along and uh, speed the game up a little bit. Perhaps I think is one of the goals. We'll get to that in uh, just a sec. Also, uh, Chris, my kind of my teacher on the uh, on the. Uh, uh, practice range and Chuck's actually a pretty good walking teacher. I told him last year. I I, I don't didn't tell anybody else, but I said I could kiss you, Chuck, after he gave me <laughs> a, a little advice on, on like where it. my driver was going. 
and uh, uh, it was fixed for those nine holes anyway. So <laughs> stuck for a few holes anyway. <laughs> Chuck's got a good eye for uh, uh, swing flaws in my case. So <laughs> the rule change is quite a big deal, quite a big story in golf. And uh, uh, the USGA and the RNA got together uh, and have, are trying to uh, streamline a little bit. Chris, you were just saying uh, 34 rules, and uh, they're trying to make some adjustments. Yeah, you know, it's it's the biggest rules change uh, or the, the biggest amount of rule changes in the history of the game. Uh, originally, there were 13 rules in the game. There are currently 34, and uh, they're bringing it down to 24 rules. And uh, the you know the intent is to simplify the rules of golf a little bit, and uh, and hopefully speed up the the pace of play. And those are the two major major goals. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's uh, uh, I'm going to be I'm very anxious to see what the reaction is and. How long the adaption of those takes? Because uh, there are so many people who play the game who really aren't very knowledgeable in the rules, uh, and so it might take it, it may take a long time to for everybody to get up to speed on these rule, new rules changes. I've played with plenty of people that don't know the rules and have actually spent the time to to read the old rules and a lot of the. You know how they were interpreted and the notes with respect to that. It was too complicated. I mean, I I read laws all the time. Uh, the rules of golf are complicated, and when you play different events, match play versus stroke play, uh, there's lots of people that have played a lot of golf that really just don't know the rules. Yeah, for sure. And and even the the simplest rules of the game. You know, I I used to tell people they're they're really to you need to have a working knowledge of the rule book, uh, but there are six rules that you really need to know. You really th- there are six rules that you need to know without the rule book, and that that would be out of bounds, unplayable lies, hazards, which are water hazard and bunkers, lost ball, loose impediments, and obstructions. If you if you know those, you can pretty much get by every round of golf. Might have to look up a few incidents. So I've played a few, but when we were talking there off mic, obstructions, I, I had a question, so that's relatively easy, really. Yeah, two, two types of obstructions. One would be a loose, or I mean a movable obstruction, which would be a, a rake, a, a hazard stake, um, you know, any type of man-made object that uh, that isn't an integral part of the golf course. And then immovable obstructions would be things like cart paths, um, a porta potty on the golf course, um, sprinkler head, sprinkler head, yeah. uh, sprinkler control box. So all those those type of things that you find on the golf course. But up against the fence on a where it's an in, inbounds out of bounds, you've got to uh, you're going to have to play uh, play it from where it lies, right? Right. So that that, that would be a, considered part of the out of bounds marker, which you can't move and you don't get relief from. Yeah, I've been right up against those a lot of times in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Is that in or out, guys? That's right. <laughs> uh, relaxed rules on penalty areas, uh, water hazards, the uh, red and yellow marked areas. You guys were talking a little bit about that. Uh, uh, maybe the, maybe uh, explain the difference to uh, to the more the, the the weekend golfers, I guess. Yeah. So what water hazards are going to become what what they're referring to now as um, as penalty areas and 
So bunkers will be a separate deal, but penalty areas will include uh, uh, out-of-bounds, uh, water hazards, a few other things. But, you know, right now we've got red water hazards, yellow water hazards, so lateral hazards and directional hazards. And they're just going to make water hazards under one deal. So I, I, my understanding is you'll have, you'll have the four options that you currently do with a, with a lateral hazard. Which anytime I play golf and it's competitive, half the time the people I'm playing don't know understand the difference. So just simplifying that will make it easy. Yeah, for sure. And there are options, and most people don't even know what their four options are. Right. And a dropping procedure that's been that's been talked about a fair amount. I I, th- I thought maybe too much as far as the new rule goes, but they're trying to speed up play a little bit. The dropping option. You see a lot of time spent, particularly on tour events, where the guy's dropping from his shoulder width on a on a hill and it bounces down, do it again. Then you get to place it where you think it's going to roll down the hill. Right. Just let him place the ball. So maybe that's uh, going to speed that up a little bit. Yeah. It, again, pace of play issue. And uh, the three of us here are old enough to remember when you dropped over your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh you know, if you hit yourself, that was a penalty, and or if it bounced and hit you. So, uh, dropping from shoulder height was a, a simplification of that. But disadvantage not, to the guys who had the bigger butts. That's right. <laughs> but uh, you know, dropping it from knee height is definitely going to be. It'll eliminate some, some time with the ball rolling away. It'll be much easier if you have to drop in a bunker where you're not going to get that plugged lie, hopefully, and. Uh, uh, again, just just kind of simplifying things, hopefully p- picking up the pace of the play. We were talking off, Mike, a little bit about pace of play. Chuck, I know uh, you busy schedule, attorney at law, and you've got don't have as much time to play. Uh, the ruling bodies, it's, I'll just read what it says, the ruling bodies will reduce the time spent searching for lost balls from five minutes to three minutes, and affirmative encouragement of ready golf in stroke play, which is a great idea. Uh, the ruling bodies are recommending that players take no longer than 40 seconds to play a stroke. I might have to speed up a little. <laughs> and there are uh, other changes intended for pace of play. Chuck, I know pace of play is uh, something we've talked about before. Well, I, I like the ready golf. Uh, I mean, most of the time when you play in league uh, out at the Legacy, you try to do that anyway because the one part I never liked about the old rule is if somebody else is having an issue and they got to get something sorted out or they got to find their ball, why should that then impact your tempo, your pace of play, your thought process, hit your shot, and then go help them deal with whatever their issue is? What ended up usually happening is, is you get one person looking and somebody go, what's going on with them? And then it impacts everyone else's ability to play and hit their shot and do everything else. So I, I think that's a great rule change. But it's hard to go out, and we talked before we got on here, that six hours, nobody has six hours to give. Everyone loves to golf, but nobody wants to golf for six hours. And there are times that it's probably going to happen, but uh, I like to go out. I like to play fast. I like to get around and hit my shots and enjoy the game. You know, one of the along that lines, one of the good changes I think is, uh, you know, eliminating. There's it currently it's five minutes you can spend looking for a lost ball. Uh, with the new changes, it's going to be three minutes for a lost ball, which will hopefully uh, 
hopefully pick up things because nobody spends actually five minutes. It's usually ten minutes. And oh, it's, yeah. Really, yeah. Hopefully yeah. if they – Cuts that in half, it'll, uh, that's a good thing. I've it, only hit that Pro-V once. <laughs> well, and most of the places that they're going to be lost, you're not going to be able to hit it from anyway. So <laughs> That's right. It's the principle of the thing. It's a $6 swing. <laughs> one, one of the changes I think is going to be very interesting and very controversial and confusing confusing is uh, lost balls and out of bounds? Yeah, and that the 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 option for a local rule that it can be played like it is similar to a ladder water hazard where you can drop in bounds uh, within two club lengths of where you think it went out of bounds. Um, which in the lakes area, we you know a lot of golf courses actually do that with with the woods. Currently, it's really not a rule of golf, but they play it as a lateral hazard. Uh, in the hopes of speeding up play, and, uh, so that that'll be interesting to see how uh, that is adopted on the PGA Tour. It sounds like they'll they'll continue to play how they normally do with a stroke and distance penalty for out of bounds. But the local club can can have their own set of rules, right? So that's probably yeah. That's that's that just makes common sense, doesn't well, it? Yeah, a lot of people play it play it that way anyway, and it'll eliminate some situations. Well, when the rule was written, people were driving. 230, 240. Yeah. Now people are hitting 3, 340, and that's a long way back. You're it's right. an extra 100 yards back to the tee if yes. you lost your ball. So I, the equipment, the balls, everything has changed that. So I, And the reality is Joe Mo Golfer is going to be out there. They're going to figure out, well, I lost my ball here. I'm going to drop here. Nobody's going to go back to the tee. Right, so. yeah. And all three of us used to be able to run back to the tee faster than we can now. So, <laughs> uh, one that uh, makes common sense. Unfortunately, it affected a couple of major championships. Is the elimination or reduction of the ball moved penalties? Uh, I've talked a lot about that on uh, television, and uh, I think some common sense things there. Chuck and was talking earlier. You know, it's the guy on the couch uh, having a beer, going, uh, "Hey, they didn't win the U.S. Open. That ball moved eighth of an inch." Yeah. Well, that's a, uh, you know, they got to get that out of the game. Yeah, it's you know the 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 basically the Dustin Johnson rule from yeah when when the ball moved when he was playing Oakmont in the U.S. Open three years ago, um, you know, with the speed of the greens today, and the amount of slope there is, especially on some of these older golf courses that they weren't intended to have green speed as as fast as they were. You get a windy day and firm fast conditions with really fast greens. The ball might move on the greens after it's yeah. after it stops. So it's it's really a good rule and um, one that a guy shouldn't be penalized for. Well, it kind of comes down to really moving it to gain a competitive advantage is one thing. Moving it because of you know it, the amount of distance that the ball maybe oscillated a little bit or vibrated mm-hmm. or whatever else. In Dustin Johnson's case. I, it's not gaining a competitive advantage. No, none at all. Yeah, and don't come out in, on the women's side. Um, what was her name? Lexi Thompson. Lexi Thompson. Uh, clearly, when you see it, that was pretty obvious that she marked and moved the ball in, in a competitive advantage way, by, maybe by accident, but she did. But don't come out the next day six holes in and go, oh, by the way, there's an additional two-shot time right. that we forgot to tell you about yesterday. Yeah, exactly. She has a total mindset that she's got a two-shot advantage in a major championship, and now, oh, no, you're, you're even or you're behind by one. I think it just was totally unfair. Yeah. 
So some common sense, maybe. Exactly. Statute of limitations. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the six-hour rounds, just these rules, I think uh, the, the USGA and the RNA, David Rickman, executive director at the RNA, said we're pleased to be introducing the new rules of golf after a collaboration and wide-ranging review process that's embraced the viewers of golfers. Rule experts, administrators worldwide, we believe that the new rules are more in tune with what golfers would like and are easier to understand and apply for everyone who enjoys to play this great game. So those guys have spent a lot more than six hours on these rules. Yes. And, uh, that's a good thing. I mean, they're trying to get it. I'm, I mean, pace of play, ideally, I guess, maybe four hours, guys, for 18 would be, uh, if on an average, would that be a good adjustment? For sure. Yeah, if... if we- if on average we could get people around in four hours, that would be really good. Well, and that's more people you can get around the golf course if yeah. you're in the golf course business. So. Right. Table turn. Yep. <laughs> get them in, get them out. Yeah. Anything else on the list that's uh, of interest, guys? There's a, a few lists there. That relying on the uh, player's integrity is good. Um, it's kind of like any sport, the reasonable judgment used. But if you've ever played uh, pickup basketball... There's some sportsmen who are unreasonable, you know. You can't ever take a shot where he didn't get fouled. That's right. That was a foul. That was a foul. That was a foul. And that was a foul. So uh, reasonable judgment, sportsmanship, always such a great part of golf and needs to be with uh, rule changes and uh, speeding things up a little bit. Well, getting rid of the so-called TC Chen rule where you hit it twice I don't think is a bad idea, uh, having been victimized by that at least once in my life. So. <laughs> Yeah, most of us have, I think. You get the club caught up a little, pop it up and hit it again, and it's not a big enough penalty that everybody saw it, and now it's 10 feet behind you instead of going the right direction. <laughs> it's amazing if, is if you try to do that, you can never do it trying to do it. Right. No, you could never, you could never get it done. No, you need a bad lie and a bad wedge, and away you go. One of the things we've seen, and of course it was Dustin Johnson, he uh, had a whole gang of people looking for his ball, which is an advantage too. He hit it into the crowd and he got about 35 people looking for your ball, except that one of the people looking stepped on his golf ball. And Chris, you say there's some uh, slight change there as well. Yeah, you can now ground your club in a hazard uh, before you address the golf ball. So, you know, currently, it, let's say you're in a, uh, in a bunker and you you stepped in the bunker and and your club you know used your club as a cane for instance to that'd be considering testing the surface and that would be a that would be a penalty once you address the golf ball you still can't ground your club and and touch it then that that would be a penalty but you know that'll eliminate a guy could rake the bunker prior to hitting a shot as long as it doesn't you know, improve his hazard. It wouldn't be con- considered testing the surface. Or if previously you'd reach down and touch the sand with your hand, is that a, would that have been a penalty yeah. too? Yeah, that would be the same thing as testing the. Yeah, the or thing. smoothing things out. But I, yeah. I had, I have one bad habit under the old rules where I would occasionally take my wedge and go hook the head of the trap rake if it was laying in the bunker, and I had somebody try to call a penalty on me in in competitive golf because claim my club touched the sand and technically under their old rules they were correct right and you know i just do it because it's just like you know reach it and bend over and get the rake yeah 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 Yeah. so that's the one where (laughs) the guy is technically right 
And nobody having a beer after thinks he should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? So. Yeah. yeah, you want people to like you? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, all these changes, it's going to be an interesting uh, January 1st, 2019 here coming up in five months. It'll be interesting to see uh, how these are adopted and how long it takes to uh, to adopt them and people to become knowledgeable. So. Yeah, it'll be a, a little bit of an advantage for the pros is they've got a caddy on their bag, and they're right now all those caddies are learning all the new rules, and uh, they better have them pretty well lined out for next year because yeah. you don't want to make that mistake. But yeah, so wouldn't be bad having a caddy on the bag. That's right. It's never bad having a caddy on the bag. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, it's usually good. Chuck, thanks for taking the time and coming in. We appreciate it. And, uh uh, we'll get out and play some of those nine-hole rounds we did last year. Famous uh, last words. I think between the three of us, I don't know how many hours we have free in a day, but not enough to play 18 holes. I know that. That's right. Well, <laughs> it's always I, hard. I will be uh, looking forward to getting out. And uh, now that your uh, baseball duties are done, we need to get some of those late-night nine-hole rounds in. So Yeah, play nine like the PGA wants there you us go. to. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Thanks, Chuck. Thank you. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, also available at uh, Podcast One. Chris, very special guest. I'll let you handle the uh, introduction and a big announcement for golf in Minnesota. Yeah, I want to introduce a uh, good friend, Alan Call, who is the director of golf at the TPC Twin Cities, uh, site of the current 3M championship on the Champions Tour, and uh, announcement this week in 2019, we're getting a... Uh, a P- regular stop on the PGA Tour, the 3M Open. Uh, Alan, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, exciting week for you. Exciting week for golf in Minnesota. Uh, tell us about uh, tell us about the new uh, new announcement. Yeah, well, obviously a lot of buzz, and um, I think as uh, Hollis Gavner, our executive director for the event, uh, said during our press conference, it's uh, it's been a long time in the works, uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes discussions that he and his team have been putting into place, and uh, things came together rather quickly with you know some of the new uh, the calendar schedule for 2018-19 on the tour, um, kind of getting a little bit constricted there with some moving of events, et cetera. So um, a lot of buzz, and since the press conference was uh, completed, it's been you know just nonstop. The phones are ringing, the emails are coming in, the texts are coming in. So uh, really exciting time for the club, the city, the county, the state. And as I share with some folks on Media Day, I mean, this isn't just a Minnesota event. It's going to be great for Minnesota, but it's an entire Upper Midwest event. For sure. Um, you know, I had people calling us from Fargo, from Sioux Falls, from Chicago, and, you know, wonder tickets going on sale. So um, really exciting time, and we're excited about the opportunity. And as you said, there's there's a lot of work ahead still. They they haven't announced a date yet, but you expect uh, uh, mid June to mid July. Is that, is that yeah? Right? I mean, you know, Minnesota. We only have so many months <laughs> that we can actually do it. So you know, depending on the schedule, and uh, unfortunately, I can't officially comment because we just don't know. Sure, that's part of what Mr. Kavner and his team are doing with the tour, and um, we expect I think a formal announcement on July 10th when the tour announces the schedule for next year. But yeah, it's got to fit in there somewhere between you know middle of June, middle of July, just because with the the new format with the FedEx Cup going from three events to two events starting in 19 and finishing with the Tour Championship um, before Labor Day, um, you'd you know, have to assume that it'll be you know done by the end of July for us here anyways. 
Yeah, the the schedule's really getting condensed with the changes of the PGA Championship and the FedEx Cup. And you bet. So, Players moving to March. You bet. You bet. Now, Alan, you guys have hosted the, the Champions Tour event for gosh, a number of years now. And, um, you know, for, for the Champions Tour, the golf course, they set it up, you know, not not much rough. It's fairly wide. Uh, golf course doesn't play overly hard for a Champions Tour event or a PGA Tour event. W- do you foresee some changes to the golf course? Obviously, it'll play a little longer, but uh, other changes that you foresee to host a uh, regular tour event? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, the other part of the discussion up to folks here in town, you look at, you know, the Twin Cities Metro and all the clubs that have gone through modifications, renovations. You know, we're coming up on our 20th season since being open and the the 19th year of hosting the event, or 18 this year, actually. But um, a lot of that stuff is uh, normal process in, you know, modernizing golf courses today so you know irrespective of the fact that it's going to be a tour event versus pga tour champions we would be doing some stuff anyways but um there's a lot of stuff on the on the table right now regarding you know adding length narrowing some fairways and those kind of things so all of that is still yet to be determined and um you know we'll know here very soon because whatever we do um it'll probably start here shortly after this year's 3m championship so and and that that's coming up shortly. What what were the dates for the the three M? It's July thirtieth through August fifth this year, I believe. And uh, yeah, exciting times. And we got uh, you know obviously put this year's event to bed and celebrate our uh, eighteen years with um, uh, the PGA Tour Champions Tour and three M Championship, and then basically pass the torch on uh, the day after to three M Open. So you bet. You know, I was thinking earlier today with with a guy like Steve Stricker, who's playing so well and playing both tours, maybe Stricker could win this year <laughs> and then defend his title next year at the 3M Open. <laughs> there you go. That would be really cool. Chris always sure. likes a good story. Yeah, of course. Who doesn't? Alan, about uh, tournament attendance, your anticipation of a PGA uh, Tour event versus a uh, the Champions Tour event is there. You must be anticipating uh, some big crowds. Oh yeah, it's uh, as I was telling some folks today, and members have been asking. And there's, you know, as you can imagine, thousands of questions, and unfortunately, we don't have all the answers yet. But I mean, this is, uh, you know, I the parallel that I looked at was it's kind of like going from a St. Paul Saints game to the Twins. Um, you know, bigger attendance, bigger stadium, more people. Um, and, uh, you know, the fact that Minnesota is so golf hungry and crazy for an annual event, um, we expect it to be very, very big. And, you know, as I shared earlier, there's going to be a a lot of things that we've got to get done between now and then, and and even how we, you know, organize what happens here at the club. But the tournament office is phenomenal. They handle all that kind of stuff and and specific tournament questions. I would uh, refer it over to Mr. Kavner and his team. But here at the club anyways, um, we're excited and um, looking forward to a great this year's event, and then obviously the next year. The anticipation's been fun. Hollis uh, Kavner, of course, uh, a big uh, pusher behind lots of events in the Twin Cities. But uh, he was very—I don't know if it's a golf superstition—but for a while, you know, it, you know, you, you could. It seemed like it was going to happen, but he wouldn't say officially. And until we get the headline, PGA confirms Minnesota returns. So, pretty exciting. No doubt. No doubt. We are. Extremely excited here at the club for the, the members and our staff and the community, and uh, can't wait, as they say. 
Alan, it's a, it's a year off, but I'm sure the, there will be a lot of different volunteer opportunities where people can get involved. When do you anticipate some of those things be, becoming available where people can uh, find out what, how they can be more involved in the event? You bet. Well, for this year, I think they are still taking some volunteers. So again, um, the 3M Championship Office is a great place to start. And and for us, we don't uh, handle that part of the operation. We'll handle the clubhouse and things that we do. But um, I would say, uh, Chris, quite frankly, you know, right after this year's 3M Championship, um, we'll have things kind of teed up and ready to go regarding 2019. And um, like I said, there's a lot of work to get done between now and then. But I would say, you know, right after this year's event, we're going to start, you know, pumping the next year's event and um ready to go not quite as big as the Ryder cup but you've got to build a small city on your on your grounds don't you <laughs> no doubt no doubt there's a lot of work involved and a lot more hospitality and more spectators and you know transportation again that's all from the tournament office but um we're excited and cannot wait Alan, T- TPC Twin Cities is part of the the TPC network uh tell us about the golf facilities within that network and uh are there opportunities to place some of those golf courses are they private clubs what uh tell us about that that's a great question well uh, the tpc network is the um official term is pga tour golf course properties inc and we're a subsidiary of the pga tour which is a a non-profit trade association and the golf clubs are uh i think we have a total of 19 right now we have private facilities we have resort facilities we have daily fee, and then we have also licensed facilities that are across the United States and also some internationals um, that our members have access to. Um, you know, from, from a public's perspective, you know, any of the resort and daily fee facilities they have access to, you can go to tpc.com. You can play those clubs. Um, on the private side, our members uh, have access to both our private clubs and the resort facilities. And, um, you know, they're uh, we're owned and operated by the tour and uh um, lots of options for folks across the country to play a TPC around uh, golf time. Yeah, what's neat is, you know, the TPC Sawgrass, where they hold the Players' Championship, and then uh, the TPC Scottsdale, you know, two two tour stops that people have the opportunity to play if uh, if they're in those areas. Yeah, and I, on top of that, too, you look at some of the bigger facilities like TPC San Antonio a few years ago came online, and they've got 36 holes. You know, here in our market, I mean, not directly close, but you know the closest for us would be TPC Deer Run. Oh sure. Um, in the Quad Cities, which is I think it's a four-hour, five-hour drive, and um, we have plenty of our folks that go down that way early in the spring to get some golfing before the snow melts up here. And uh, phenomenal facility hosts the John Deere Classic, and that is open to the public uh, each and every day. So there are some opportunities for Minnesotans to get out and play some golf at other TPC clubs. Oh, that's great, and they're they're always great experiences. The the staff at them were wonderful, and the golf courses are always in fantastic condition. Well, thank you. Six point uh, six, or near a seven million dollar purse. So I'm guessing some PGA guys are coming to town. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Oh. Well, good stuff, Alan. We'll, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to to come on and share uh, share some exciting news for golfers in Minnesota. We appreciate it, and uh, thanks for your support and promoting the game of golf for us, guys. Thanks, Alan. You got it. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. 
Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2018 Buicks. Uh, Chris, a um, couple of things uh, quickly. A, a nice announcement from the uh, PGA. We didn't know the uh, dates on the PGA Tour coming to Minneapolis in Blaine. It's going to be July 4th through the 7th at the TPC Twin Cities course in Blaine. Uh, quite a breakthrough for the Twin Cities to get the PGA event, as we talked about. But now, uh, over the holiday weekend, they're going to try to have a concert and uh, fireworks and all that kind of thing that goes with the 4th, and the pros are coming. Yeah, I, I I have mixed emotions about the date. You know, personally for me, those are tough dates because yeah. we're so busy here in the Lakes area. Right. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a great uh, – those are great dates, and especially the you know the tournament director Hollis Kavner is one of the greatest promoters in golf. Yeah, and he he will make it an unbelievable uh, experience and venue for everybody. And uh, I am really looking forward to seeing what what he will have up his sleeve as far as things around the event and uh, just the whole event itself. It, it'll it's going to be very it's going to be a neat deal. And tickets for the 3M Open right now, between 30 and $60 a day. That seems awfully reasonable if you get out and get to see professional golf for, a, you know, four or five hours on a on an afternoon. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great value, and especially if you compare it to other professional sports. And along that line, you know, the last year of the Champions Tour event in a couple of weeks, that's free admission. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. Free is pretty good. Free is pretty good. <laughs> and to see some, some great golf and, you know, the the – uh, the Champions Tour event, they always have, have that Legends event, which, uh, you know, Jack and Annika and, and uh, you know, some of the great legends of the game playing that. So it'll, it'll, be, it'll be neat to see. Uh, just quickly, uh, we were out at, I was out at the range, and uh, when we were testing out some new clubs, everybody in town was, not just me. And uh, I was hitting a 7-wood that I really liked, which I haven't hit a 7-wood in quite a number of years from Callaway. And... Uh, you noticed that I was hitting it good, and uh, you're going to find that club for me somewhere, or we're going to work out a deal. <laughs> and uh, but we talked about club fitting right yeah. after that. Let's get you fitted, Mac. Because you know uh, it was um, your thought that that club looked good in my hands, I guess. So let's try to find other clubs that are the same, basically. So we're going to yeah. look at irons, and uh, I need some help. Getting online with my irons, That's Chris. Right. Can you help me? Well, you know, it, the club fitting is, is is so important from the standpoint that um, if you have clubs that don't fit you properly, you're going to build a golf swing to accommodate those. And that that's never going to be your most efficient golf swing. So uh, the pro, the process of a club fitting is, um, for instance, if we were fit, fitting you for a set of irons, we always start off with your current golf clubs and establish a baseline of where you're at with those golf clubs, how far you're hitting them, what your shot dispersion is, figure out what your what your club head speed is, your angle of attack, uh, and based on those numbers, uh, we choose some golf clubs for you to hit. And you know the the way we do fitting is it's it's very non brand oriented. We're just we're going to choose you know three or four or five golf clubs from different manufacturers uh, that we think are going to fit you well, uh, and then we hit those. And using you know TrackMan technology, we're going to take all the measurements as far as shot dispersion, distance. 
um, what your ball speed is, what your angle attack is, and find out what's optimal for you and what performs the best. And there's no one best golf club uh, for everybody, but there are clubs that will tend to come to the top. And and based on that, those you know, hitting those golf clubs. We're always going to have one or two that uh, you know that has the best shot dispersion that we hit the farthest, uh, that's the most consistent, and then that that's that's the best golf club for you, and then, you know it, it's much easier to f- on a you know consistent basis to find your best game w- with those golf clubs. Yeah, consistency. I think we chose a driver for me a couple of years ago together, really. And I was hitting three at the end uh, that were, you know, similar distance, I guess. And uh, uh, maybe one had a little more distance. But you mentioned the consistency. I ended up getting the ping, just in my case. Mm-hmm. could be any club brand, obviously. But that's what you had said. It, can, it seems like you hit that one consistently, you know, within the range of, right. of pretty good. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's, that's part of the reason why I believe club fitting is so important as well if if you're just hitting hitting clubs with no uh with no data to go by or anything you know it it's hard to see downrange at 220 yards or 280 yards you really don't know exactly where those are landing and you really don't have an idea of of the dispersion of them so uh being able to measure it is really important i think Get a fitting from a pro, and uh, Chris is available. Chris Foley is one of those pros, or your local pro in the area. They can help you out, and it's just a good idea. I mean, you you, you use so many things in your life that uh, uh, that you really have learned to use and enjoy because they're the right fit for you, and golf clubs kind of the same way. Yeah, so. exactly. All right, you've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Mac. 1380 KLIZ. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Breezy Point Resort, your holiday station store on Mill Avenue and Cross Lake, Maury's Market, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, Ernie's on Gull, The Tea Hive, Halverson Law Office, and the Legacy Courses at Craigans. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. We now return to our regularly scheduled program at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.